Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up with the Card. As always, Els Boone and Jabril Taha here from the Stanford Daily. And you know what? We have kind of an upbeat mood this week. A little bit of change, especially for Jabril from the last couple of weeks. Stanford did, in fact, beat Notre Dame. Um, it was a great game to watch, a great win. I was very happy the rest of Saturday and the rest of the weekend. Um, and honestly, that's carried over into this week. I'm feeling pretty optimistic ahead of Arizona State. Uh, but we're going to get right into kind of talking about that Stanford win and, of course, some of the other happenings around the farm. So we'll go to you first, Jabril. Uh, happy with the win, of course. What were your thoughts uh, after watching this game from home? Yeah, happy with the win. I thought Stanford played their best game this year. Uh, it was great to see not to see the wheels not fall off, especially after that Oregon State loss. You're 1-4. You completely blow a play and blow a game. Uh, you can start to see it come off, feel like 2021 all over again. And this is a game, now you, you come out and get a win in South Bend that no one expected you to get. Uh, I thought the the defense played incredibly well. Uh, 14 points against Notre Dame. Yes, they have a struggling quarterback, backup quarterback. But it's still very impressive given what we've seen from the defense, giving up 40 points, it seems like, to every single FBS opponent they face. So this was a really impressive performance for them. Uh, they forced two, two turnovers. Uh, but... Then again, this wasn't, a, I think, a fantastic game from Stanford. I think they got very, very lucky to win this one, 16-14. I mean, they fumbled the ball four times. Stanford recovered all four of them. Notre Dame fumbled twice. Stanford recovers both of those fumbles. That's uh, All the stats people will tell you fumble recoveries are completely luck, and Stanford went 6-0 and for them. So that's historic levels of fumble luck right there. Uh, offensively, it wasn't a good game again. They scored a touchdown on their first drive, and... Then it was just Josh Carty hitting clutch field goals, three three of them, in order to get to 16 points and win 16-14. So I think it's the last time the Stanford offense scored 30 points was last year against Wazoo. Uh, that's unacceptable for a team with a first-round pick at quarterback and a wide receiver core as talented and a tight end as talented as they have. And else, this offensive line has been deep all right. Aside from that UW game and parts of some other games, it's been an all right offensive line. With the weapons around that offensive line, there's no reason why this team should be struggling to score at least like 30 points pretty much every game with the talent they have. So definitely some concerns here on offense that they haven't been able to do that. And they've had a tons of game in garbage time too. So really the offense is still a major concern. Uh, hopefully the defense has turned a corner here, uh, but it's hard to ignore everything else they've done up to this season. But they have had a much better last two games. So hopefully they're building on something. But yeah. Uh, they found a way to get an ugly win on the road, and you can't complain when you get a road win, no matter how ugly it can be at times. They got everything broke their way, and they snapped the streak, and now you have a chance to build momentum here with this Arizona State game. Yeah, and I just want to quickly go back to that one point you brought up about the offensive line, Jabril. You know, you really cannot complain about the offensive line play in this game, especially yeah. given that it was not a full-strength offensive line. Right. Uh, you had Miles Hinton flipping over to left tackle, um, and, you know, they put in a great performance uh, given given the odds. Um, for them and then kind of you know on the on the defensive end it does look like they've turned a corner they played well against Oregon State of course but not in that final minute giving up the miracle play down the field but this time they were able to get kind of a clutch albeit lucky play in the final minute or two to seal this one um, so the defense certainly looks like they've turned a corner um, you know I'd have to say coming into this one I, I did think Stanford had a chance to win I you know we both knew uh, that this wasn't your your usual Notre Dame team uh, they have the talent, but they just have not looked that great this season. But, you know, I thought that if Stanford was going to win this one, that it would be a track meet. I thought that Stanford would have to put up the points um, and come up with a final stop. 
there towards the end of the game, but this one turned into a defensive battle uh, where Stanford's defense really showed up um, and played played really well, which is just not what I was expecting, but it was a welcome sight for sure, and it was great to see. Uh, one thing I also did want to talk about was kind of there was a little bit of a stark stark contrast between the first half and the second half for Stanford. First half, Stanford absolutely dominated, uh, completely shutting out the Fighting Irish. And the second half is when uh, Notre Dame kind of made adjustments at halftime and started to claw their way back into it, ultimately taking the lead. Um, Jabril, what did you make of kind of the difference in halves there? Uh, I think it felt, I think you knew Notre Dame was going to get back into this game, a 10 nothing going into the half. Uh, the way Stanford's defense plays, you knew they were going to give up points at some point. Uh, and frankly, once Stanford punted the ball back to them with about a minute or so to go, I think, you know, there's two, two, just over two minutes to go there and Notre Dame only needed a field goal, I thought they were going to bend. And I thought it was going to, I thought Notre Dame was going to drive down the field and get the game winning field goal. Uh, defense proved me wrong, but they really did based on how Notre Dame was playing much better in that second half. It felt like they were going to end up winning this game, albeit a close one. But yeah, I think Notre Dame definitely, uh, sort of had a much better second half and should dispel any notions that some people had of being a half second half team because all those second halves were in garbage time when the game was put away. So good adjustments by the Notre Dame staff, but nowhere near enough. And you think about we're upset about our offense not performing well. Think about this Notre Dame, what that staff must be like putting up 14 points on a Stanford defense that has just given up 40 points to almost every team they face. Uh, definitely a really embarrassing performance for the Notre Dame offense. Yeah. And also Tommy Reese, the Notre Dame, play caller offensive coordinator did not have a great game either it seemed like the two things that were really hurting the cardinal especially in the second half were plays to michael meyer the tight end and then runs with estime who's a very physical running back and notre dame just did not use them enough i think that you know estime obviously did have the fumble that cost the irish the game there at the end but still i i, I thought it was astonishing almost that notre dame didn't keep uh, feeding the ball to meyer uh, he was really doing some damage uh, especially there in the second half. Jabrilla, do you have any have anything to say about that? Well, Stanford doubled him, and Notre Dame didn't really know where to go elsewhere. Drew Pine didn't really know what else to do. He finished 13 for 27, uh, 151 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. But uh, I think Stanford just had a good defensive game, and Notre Dame has some major offensive deficiencies, whether that's coaching, whether that's having a Drew Pine at quarterback. Uh, I think Stanford just had a really good game as well and their game plan worked against drew pine so lance anderson deserves a ton of credit for getting this win and having his best defensive performance we've seen in a long time from this unit yeah and then i also know jabriel one of your talking points coming in you wanted to mention fumbles and fumble luck uh for stanford did you still want to I already talked about that. We don't to talk about the fumble luck again. But, I mean, it, it is interesting. You know, Casey Filkins has continued to put in good performances. I mean, I think he had 31 or 32 attempts uh, running the ball-wise in this game, ran for almost 100 yards, just shy of that. Uh, but I did see a stat after the game that he leads Power 5 running backs with the most fumbles on the year. And EJ had and a he, similar problem when he was yeah. in. So, I don't know what that is. Maybe that's coaching-wise, but your top two running backs can't be fumbling all the time. and. I think that's definitely very concerning that both of our top two, because it hasn't been much of an issue in re past years, but these two guys, uh, yeah, it cost them the game against USC, or cost it being a close game against USC, those fumbles, and now Casey Filkins, I mean, you lose a couple of those fumbles, you lose this game. So Stanford got a, caught a major break there. Yeah, and EJ Smith's actually still number two on that Power 5 <laughs> running back ranking, and he hasn't even played in the last couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, definitely something for 
for Ron Gould and the Stanford offensive staff to kind of go back and look at, you know, why they're top two running backs so turnover prone. But we still have seen plenty of good things from Casey Filkins. Um, I know I, I think his performance has been pretty good. He right. had Stanford's only touchdown in this game. Um, and kind of taking a broader look now, Jabril, you know, we were pretty doom and gloom last week. Um, now Stanford got a win against a, a pretty good opponent, bringing the Legends Trophy back to the farm. They now sit at 2-4 and four with Arizona State, arguably the weakest opponent on the whole schedule, coming up to play at Stanford this weekend. How are you feeling uh, heading into this week? You're feeling okay. I think you look at the rest of the schedule, you, need, you can only lose two more games. Uh, and you have road games against two top 15 teams in UCLA and Utah on the mantle. I don't expect Stanford to compete in those, given how we've seen them play on the road against top 15, top 25 teams this year. Uh, so those are probably, you can pencil in two losses there, and then you're going to have to pick a game somewhere. You're gonna, probably going to have to pick that game at BYU against, uh, against BYU at home. Notre Dame just beat this BYU team last week, so that's definitely not an unwinnable game. But you got to be BYU. you got 100% beat Arizona State. Got to beat Washington State at home, and you got to win at Cal. And the, first, the the conference games of those all feel like coin flips right now. Uh, Washington State will probably be a, a little more of a favorite. Uh, but the Cal game's a coin flip. This Arizona State game, Stanford should is the favorite. But again, it's a very close spread, as it should be, given Stanford's performance throughout the whole season so far. And that BYU game, we'll see how Stanford's playing. But that game could turn into a coin flip. Uh Right now, the biggest thing for me is how much that Oregon State game hurts. Uh, you could be 3-3 three and three right now, only needing to win home against Arizona State, home against uh, Washington State, and then go on the road to a Cal team that just lost to Colorado. Uh, so definitely that Oregon State game is hurting a lot more right now. And the path to bowl eligibility, is it, it opened up again, but it's very, very small given that you have two road games at Utah and USC and UCLA left. Yeah, that, that loss to Oregon State definitely still hurts but, you know this week i am i am feeling good but i still am not gonna you know let myself be overly optimistic until i see how the team performs against arizona state and even then you've got ucla looming large uh that trip to la the following weekend and you know we could be in for a we could be in for a, a disappointing game from stanford there so i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna expect stanford to beat arizona state this weekend yeah I you like know that. more on more on the Sun Devils for for our listeners. They come into this one at two and four. Head coach coming into the season from the last few years, Herm Edwards, was fired already after their loss to Eastern Michigan. The the two wins though are over Northern Arizona and then Washington, who was their last their last game play. They had a bye week this past weekend, so they're going to be fresh heading into this one. But they beat ranked Washington, who of course already beat Stanford. So you know it's not like it's a, a totally terrible team coming here to to the farm uh, but their losses though Oklahoma State ranked Eastern Michigan who they should have beaten basically was the reason why Herm Edwards was fired and then two more ranked top Pac-12 teams in Utah and USC so you know you know you don't necessarily know what kind of performance you're going to be getting out of Arizona State um, again coming off a bye so they are fresh Stanford in the midst of their 10 straight games and 10 straight weeks um, but you know they they have some talented players. Emory Jones, their quarterback, is back and fully cleared. He's a dual threat transfer quarterback from Florida. Uh, he had a couple of good games there in the SEC. Um, and you know Stanford's historically under Lance Anderson struggled with dual threat quarterbacks. So we could be in for a for a tough game if Stanford's not able to get the, uh, the their defense under control. The running back uh, for Arizona State also ran for over 100 yards against Washington. So it could be a bit of a run-heavy game plan from Arizona State, although we will see. 
Um, I still like Stanford's chances here. Again, this is an Arizona State team that's 2-4, and four, a loss to Eastern Michigan. Stanford coming off of a win over Notre Dame, who has superior talent across the board to Arizona State. Um, and, of course, Arizona State doesn't even have their head coach. So, I, I mean, I like, I like Stanford's chances here. Uh, for a score prediction, I'm going to say Stanford breaks the 30-point threshold, Jabril, that you mentioned earlier. I'm going to go Stanford wins 35-17. How I'll you? go 24-20 uh, Stanford. Uh, they're missing Michael Wilson for, the, for likely the rest of the season. David Bailey's not playing. Uh, I think the defense will continue to do decently well against a bad offense in Arizona State. Uh, but again, I don't trust this offense, especially without Michael Wilson. I don't see it. I just don't see it clicking all of a sudden. Maybe it will start to, but I mean, again, I'll get some confidence. But it's hard to project them breaking the 30-point barrier uh, when we haven't seen it in so long. So... I'm going to go 24-20 Stanford. Yeah, and I'm actually glad you brought up those injuries real quick because that's something we forgot to mention um, kind of in our recap of the Notre Dame game. Both Michael Wilson and David Bailey, two very key players on opposite sides of the ball for Stanford, uh, went down in that game. Michael Wilson was seen in a sling after the game um, and all the kind of the pictures posted uh, to social media from the staff, uh, which is not a good thing to see, especially for the fifth-year receiver who's been having a great season for Stanford, uh, one of the one of the bright spots in our in our, our two and four season so far, um, but it's it's not looking likely that he's gonna be he's gonna make the field. Hopefully he does towards the end of the season, uh, but right now he's definitely out. David Bailey is doubtful for this week, so looks like we will see him again this season, just not this week against Arizona State. And then kind of on those offensive line injuries, uh, Coach Shaw said Walter Rouse trending in the right direction, so we will see if uh, he is back at the left tackle spot to shift uh, Miles and then back over to right tackle. Um, kind of get some continuity going again uh, in the offensive line. But, you know, a few a few banged-up players for Stanford. Never great to see Michael Wilson out. Um, of course, he fought his way back from an injury to even be back this year. Um, and so horrible to see him get injured um, in that Notre Dame game. Uh, I mean, I th- Elijah Higgins was injured for a bit in the game, but he, he returned in the same game. So I was – and his injury looked worse at the time uh, on, during during the broadcast. But I, Jabril, unless you have any uh, further comments on football, we're going to move right along uh, to one of our other favorite topics, which is the women's volleyball team, the number seven in the nation women's volleyball team. Jabril, what happened this past week when they uh, they beat they went to the Grand Canyon State and took down Arizona and ASU? Yeah, not their most consistent week. They dropped a set at ASU, Arizona and Arizona State, both not very good teams, both teams who won't make the tournament. So you'd hope they sweep them, but they had shaky times, but overall the Stanford's talent shone through and they ended up getting the win. They out hit both teams pretty substantially in both games and it was only a matter of time before that showed up on the score sheet uh this stanford team as i've said many times if they play their best they can beat anyone in the country except for texas if they play not so well they can get beat by teams with some talent and they're getting some teams with some talent this weekend at maples and ucla on friday who's had a very very disappointing season so far but they still have some talent on that roster so that's a team to watch out for. Stanford can get beat by if they don't play their best game. And then an even more dangerous game is against USC this weekend. USC, who I think is the top 25 team. They were number 26 just outside of the top 25 this week in the poll. Uh, but they started out 7-1 and one in conference play, beating Oregon. Uh, so this USC team is quite good, and Stanford's going to have their handful this weekend. And a series at home, they really need to sweep here against the LA schools. Yeah, and Stanford finally returning back to Maple Civilian after two straight weeks on the road. 
I'm sure they'll be happy to be playing back in front of home fans. Jabril, you're going to be at either of the games? Yep, calling the game on Friday. Perfect. So turn into KZSU, tune in to KZSU if you want to hear Jabril um, and Ferris. Yep. Yep. Jabril, Jabril and one of our former guests, Ferris Bader, calling that game live on KZSU. Uh, moving past volleyball, both men's and women's soccer had great weeks last week. We'll start with the women's team, who are now up to number seven in the national polls. They had a huge 1-0 win over number one in the country, UCLA. Freshman sensation and former number one recruit Elise Evans scored the only and winning goal in the 44th minute, just in the cusp of halftime. Um, and that, that was great to see happen just this past Friday here at Stanford, uh, taking down the number one team in the country. You can never complain when that happens. Um, and definitely... Uh, has me excited to see this women's team keep going kind of as they're finding their rhythm now, recovering from their uh, little little blimp they had uh, a couple weeks ago uh, for a few weeks there. Um, and so as we get closer and closer to postseason, it looks like they're rounding into form just at the right time. Um, and then over on the men's side, they also uh, got back in the win column after a rough week or two. They beat St. Mary's 2-0, two second-half goals all after the 70th minute. Cam Silly and Mark Fisher both offset pieces there. Um, and it's going to be a big week for the men's team coming up here. They they travel down to Southern California to take on San Diego State and then UCLA. They are now up to number five in the country. So two top ten teams here uh, at Kagan Stadium. Uh, so plenty of fun soccer to be watching on the farm if you are interested in the sport. Postseason should be very interesting. Hopefully both teams go far in their respective tournaments. Um, and then kind of as we shout out a few teams here as we start to wrap up this episode, Men's water polo, number one in the country, had their first loss of the season over the weekend to UCLA, a team they had previously beaten uh, earlier in the season. So now one and one against UCLA for the season. They'll definitely have to play again when we get into the conference uh, tournament and national tournament. And then our shout-out team of the week, men's and women's swim and dive, kicked off their seasons this past week on Thursday, both handily defeating Utah. Um at the Avery Aquatic Center. So good to see both of those very talented teams kick off their kind of winter season. Um, and I think both teams will definitely be looking to push for a national title when it gets into March and April uh, when those events happen. But that's going to wrap it up for episode nine of Keeping Up With The Card. Hard to believe we were almost at 10 episodes. We, were, we broke down Stanford's win over Notre Dame, previewed Arizona State, and went around the farm talking about a few other sports. We'll be back next week to hopefully recap a win over Arizona State, preview that UCLA game, and maybe we'll even get started with some basketball discussion. I mean, NBA just started tonight as we're recording this. College basketball just a couple of weeks away. That's going to wrap up Episode 9 of Keeping Up with the Card. As always, Els Boone and Jabril Taha here, signing off.